Hello everyone and welcome back to Cinema Gems and as always I'm your host the Admirable Admiral and as always we're in a video store somewhere in your hometown so come find us yes video stores still exist somewhere out there in the ether and of course the Honorable Tesla and the Fantastic Miss Frida are here chewing on their jackalope antlers like always and of course the illustrious Butt Maestro is here to talk about the wondrous amazing and stupendous music, and also the plot, and the amount of mythology and mythos of the movie Willow. How's it going, Butt Maestro? I mean, you, you used all of these long words for lore. You could have just said lore, but yeah, I guess that's what I do here. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Cinema Gems. We're another show on the internet where a bunch of opinionated nerds ramble about the shit they love, sometimes shit we hate. Uh, and that usually ends up being movies. And like the, uh, like the, uh, Admiral said, this week we're talking about the George Lucas and, uh, oh, damn, I lost his name. Ron, uh, Ron Howard. Howard. Ron Howard. Isn't he yes. who directed this? Yeah, story by yes. George Lucas, directed by Ron Howard. Willow. Uh, not to be confused with the Willow series currently going on on Disney+. Plus. Although, oh, I have a feeling we're gonna get to that eventually. Yep. Right, Admiral? Yeah, it actually ended a couple weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, I have a feeling we're going to get to reviewing that sometime kind of soon. Maybe not immediately, look, but sometime soon. Look, me and Patron right now are hate-watching National Treasure's Edge of History right now. So oh, let's let bad? us get through that. It's not, It's look, it's not bad. It's just, we're hate-watching it. We're hate-watching. It's... It's one of those where you're like, oh my god, I don't hate it, but it could be a lot better. But but it's also not like very fun, <laughs> from what from what correct. it sounds like. Yeah, correct, correct. But we're here not to talk about National Treasure Edge of History. We're here to talk no, about we're here to Willow talk about the from nineteen eighty eight. No, no, nope, no, nope. That's a hard no. Um, also, James Horner did the music? Yes, he did. Mark? And I'm not going to lie, I knew that from the first damn notes of the movie. Because I heard the... And I immediately flashed back to all the times I've watched Troy. Uh, and tried to find instances in which he rips off Shostakovich. Which he clearly does. Especially in Troy. Um... But yeah, there's a lot of recycled motifs in this movie that he definitely uses later on. Uh, James Horner's music is just great. I will say, the theme, which, of course, I can't pull off the top of my head now. Uh, <clears throat> there is one recurring theme in this movie. And you'll know it when you fucking hear it. Because you'll never stop hearing it throughout the entire movie. And I liked the theme at first, and then it just got really like okay. It it started to be like if you if you play uh, the curb your enthusiasm thing at all the most inappropriate moments. That's hilarious. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's some times yes. where this super heroic trumpet fanfare theme pops up, and you're like, ooh, bad timing. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, 
I get that this movie only had the budget to pay James, pay James Horner for a single theme and not much else, but damn. Uh, so as, this movie is, it, is, it, is, is it, uh, much like the Admiral described this movie to me uh, when he tried to lightly twist my arm into watching it for the podcast, and he, he didn't have to twist very hard because he said it plays out like a D and D campaign, and I was in. And he's absolutely yep, right. Didn't take much. So, I guess the main thing we have to talk about is, so besides the music, is it is it bad that as soon as I turned, as soon as I saw James Horner, I was like, oh, Patron's like what? I was like, the bump maestro is gonna love this music. Gonna love it. Yep. Because I know how much you love James Horner. I do. He's one of my favorite composers. Uh, he's, he's does he use a lot of horns? He does actually. I don't think the pun is intentional there, but he does. He's he's pretty heavy on the brass. Uh, and if I you don't believe it. me, go back and watch Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan for one of the best. That's Star- what he did. Yes, he did. That's what he did. Okay. Yes, because he did. Patron was like, I've heard him before, and yes, I was like, he did one of the Star Trek movies. I think he did the first one and the second one. Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan is the most okay, so iconic he did- one he did. Okay. He's also, hang on, let me pull up his, his fucking wiki page real quick, because I know he's done. So, I'm, well, I'm going to start talking start about the talking plot about the, while the you're plot. talking about it, James. Okay. So, basically, um, George Lucas was playing D&D one night with friends, I guess, and he was like, hey, let's do Lord of the Rings, but with little people. And that's so the Lord plot of, the Rings. of this. Yeah. Well, I mean, I will say, with, credit with where credit is due. People. His version of Hobbits that they call uh, Nelwyn, um, he did, they, they did use, and you can see this plainly in uh, one of the opening scenes of the movie, they didn't do the Peter Jackson route of taking normal height actors and shrinking them down using forced perspective, which is a really cool trick. No, they used actual dwarf people, uh, actual little people, people of short stature. Yes. And it's also, uh, as I believe, as in what I was looking up, the trivia. Uh, yes. Uh, and I, I, I don't know. That's pretty impressive for the time. For yeah. what, when did this movie come out? 1988. Hollywood was not necessarily super inclusive or accommodating. Uh, not to say they really are much better now, but. It's, I don't know, it's kind of, it's at least kind of impressive. Yeah, so, um, so as Warwick Davis said in, uh, in a trivia thing, that this was the biggest casting call for, uh, people of short, stor- short stature. Yes. Like, the biggest casting call for little people. And you can see it. Yes. In the village alone. 100%. Um, and, uh, I love how we have, I love... I, I love the cast of characters we have, and then you have one of my favorite random characters, the uh, the gentleman who looks like The Rock from 1988. Oh my god! Or as, or as we call him, the Pebble. Yeah, the, the Pebble. Pebble. Um, the plot of this movie is super fucking simple. It's a fantasy world, an evil sorceress, Queen Bavmorda, uh, of Lochmar. Sorry, Nokmar. Uh, here's a prophecy that a and child forget, is going to... General Kale. Yeah. 
uh, here's a prophecy that a child with a special birthmark is going to bring down her downfall. And of course, there being a prophecy, everyone believes it at face value and is fucking terrified of it. So what does she do? She murders every baby born in the kingdom with any kind of birthmark. Just all of them. Just murder that, all the babies as soon as they come out of the mom. Like, that, man, some, uh, I don't know if you Old wanted Testament. to be the most hated person in the world, but that's an easy way to be the most hated person in the world. That's some uh, that's some Old Testament and Torah shit. That's yeah, it, it really that's, is. Um, and it's also yeah. a self-fulfilling prophecy. That when you murder everyone's yeah. children, obviously someone is going to try to th- overthrow you. Obviously. You're bringing on your own doom by pissing everyone off. Uh, so, so, so basically the, the, the midwife, uh, the handmaiden travels with the baby that has the mark for like days upon end. Yeah, the, but yet they still find her. Yeah, and she she does the Prince of Egypt so, thing where she puts him in a basket and like just yeets him down a river. It's like good yep. luck, and, hope you don't get she, killed. And, <laughs> and then she horrifically dies in the corner as the baby looks on. Excuse me, guys. Um, uh, and uh, Willow finds Willow and his family find her. Um, and then they go and do uh kind of an event once a year kind of thing to find out if the village uh high priest. Uh, our, uh, who's clearly a fraud, find... right? Yeah, but you know where he's from, right? He's from UHF. Uh, he's the camera guy. That makes sense. I I knew I kind of recognized him. Okay. Yep. Uh, and he's like, oh hey, uh, yeah, it's always Th- this, your own. Fear. This village sorcerer made me want to throw something at the TV. This dude is an what? obvious fraud. It's infuriating. He gave me huge uh, Wizard of Oz vibes. I mean, that's where maybe he learned all of his tricks from. (laughs) Yeah, you don't know. Well, so besides that, basically, uh, he has to, he he gets a ragtag group of Nelwins to go off with him, and he gets... Because yeah, essentially Willow the village is Frodo. Bully. Yeah. Which, like, 100% yeah. fuck this dude in particular. He's he's always sweating. Is yeah, it just no, me? He's... Or whenever he was on screen, he was sweating. Yep. Like, what are you so nervous about, dude? What are you so, like, maybe you should, I don't know, take a lap around the village once a day. Maybe get in slightly better shape. Uh, and this is coming from someone who is chronically sweaty all the time. But, like, this dude brings it to a whole nother level. Yep. Uh, and then we all get also the pebble. And we also get uh, Samwise Ganji. His own Samwise Ganji. What is it? Uh, m- uh, Migosh. Oh, yeah, Migosh. His own Samwise Ganji. So they go off. They They walk. Uh, they walk a really long place. And by the way, this was also filmed in parts of New Zealand. Oh. So that's where Peter yeah. Jackson got the idea. Well, no. <laughs> not yeah. necessarily. He is from New Zealand, so I guess that makes sense. Fucking George Lucas being a colonizer. God damn it. 
So, so after they, um, so after they go off walking and they find Mag Mardigan, uh, my second favorite role of Val Kilmer besides Top Secret. I was gonna say my second favorite role of Val Kilmer is besides Batman Forever. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Wait, he's not in Bat. Is he in Batman? Forever? Yes, he is. Batman Forever. Because I always get t- him in George Clooney's movie. Music. George Clooney is Batman and Robin. George Clooney okay, is cool. in the one I with always... Mr. Freeze, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Uma Thurman, uh, Poison Ivy. Batman Forever is the, the first one with Robin. And that's the movie uh, that Seal wrote the movie, uh, ki- uh, sorry, wrote the song Kiss from a Rose for. The song, the song okay, Kiss look, from a so... Rose is famously made for the movie Batman Beyond. I'm sorry, Batman Forever. Sorry. Not, Batman, not Beyond? Batman Beyond? I wish there was a fucking Batman Beyond movie. Jesus. So so my thing is is that look, I I truly those last two movies, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, I that get them confused so much. They're both <laughs> so much. pretty bad, but they're both very um, distinct but, different flavors um, he, of Batman. uh Val Kimmer is notoriously hard to work with. But he also uh, recently, a couple years ago, he had a double tracheotomy, um, so he can no longer um, speak by his own volition. He does have to use a, uh, a like a, a machine to talk. So you know, so it's really hard for him to act right now. And I completely understand. You should go watch a documentary on him about Val on Prime if you really want to know the backstory of him. Really good. I highly suggest it if you're interested at all. Um, so back to uh, Mad Mardigan. So Mad Mardigan's like, oh, uh, I'll take him. I'll take the child. Give me the child. Just release me. Uh, and then we see his friend Eric. Eric, the Destroyer. Uh, and we get to go. Apparently, uh, the Queen is attacking everyone. So they have a faction of troops that go off and try to attack her. Um and Mad Mardigan is in a in a crow's cage, if I heard correctly. That's what I was told. And basically, he either um, devoted uh, is not devoted to any person, or doesn't follow anybody, or stole something. So that's why he's in a crow's cage. Um, and then he gets out, and he takes the baby. And what does he do? immediately gives it to the brownies and the brownies are the little um i guess you would call them uh nymphs would you call them wood nymphs like little tiny little critters would you call them that okay so yeah i mean that's what i think that is that's what those creatures are the the little brownies that they have uh little brownies take uh they take i can't i don't even remember her name i don't even remember her name um but they take her away and they go off and they find uh they and and willow finds uh, the brownies that are keeping the little baby and he meets the goddess 
that tells him to go to an island. And the island is off in this distant lake. The island is off in this distant lake. And um, Willow lets Migosh go home. He's like, go on home. Go do what you got to do. I have to see this prophecy through. So he goes off and he goes to this tavern and he just barely just asks, hey, can I have some milk for this baby? Immediately, as soon as he asks very politely for milk for this baby, people freak out, try to kick him because they think of the Nelwyn as not the same uh, stature of man that they are. They literally think below, they're below humans, which is not a great thing to think. So, as that's going on, um, apparently Mad Mardigan was seducing and being a, uh, a home wrecker and sleeping with the innkeeper's wife. And then the troops come, try and get him. He drives off in a cart and then... The cart, the, and then they drop the cart. The, the dude brownies are on the cart with them. The cart breaks down, which, by the way, that cart was really shitty if it broke down immediately right away. But that's just me. Um, and so then they get broken down. They they ride off, and then Matt Mardigan takes the cart to go ahead, so he, he gets everyone to hide. And so they follow Mad Mardigan. And I love that Mad Mardigan's like, well, where are you going? Oh, we're going to the lake. Oh, that's where I'm going. Are you going to go any further than that? No, just to the lake. And I love how they get to the lake. Mad Bardigan's like, all right, peace out. They And then Willow leaves the baby with the two little brownies and goes off to the island and finds the great witch that he is supposed to, that he is supposed to get and help him return. And she is an animal of some sort of creature. Um, I forget the exact creature. But Maestro, do you remember the creature uh, that Willow met on the island? Um, that uh, they found? Um, okay. Um, so, I forget the exact exact creature that they used um the exact the exact uh creature that they used but all right guys we're back uh sorry there's a little bit of a communication and a connection mix up so we're just going to go on for now for me and the butt maestro will come in later and talk about what he loved about the movie and all that he's fine he is perfectly fine. We are fine. Just connections dying and the space-time continuing closing in on itself. But it will be fixed for next week, I promise. Um, so, yeah. So, Willow finds the all-powerful being changed into an animal morphed by the evil queen. Uh, takes her back and changes her into a goat. Uh, and then... Uh, they go to the where the queen is, and Mad Mardigan falls in love with the queen's daughter, the princess. Um, they fall in love. 
uh, and the princess can't harm her own mother because she lo- uh, cause she's harming the man that she loves, Mad Mardigan. So, uh, and the Honorable Tesla is drinking, guys. I don't know if you guys can hear that. I can. I'll see if I can hold it up. I hear it. I don't know if you guys do. Can't really get any closer. But he is drinking. The Honorable Tesla is drinking, guys. Uh, so yes. So uh, they get to, uh, they get trapped from the island uh, when Willa comes back. Mad Mardigan's there. Uh, the brownies have the ba- have the baby. The baby gets taken away. Back to the evil queen's castle. So the evil queen's gonna perform the ritual, and Willow finally performs the ritual of saying because he is a great sorcerer. Uh, but before that's going on, we get trolls that look like just Bigfoot. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. They look like Bigfoot or Big Feet because they're all multiple trolls. Um, and then we get, uh, which I believe is a dragon. Uh, it's a weirdly shaped dragon slash maybe Hydra. I am unaware. Um, and so then we get to the Queen's Castle. The Queen's Castle turns all of the people outside of the Queen, outside of the castle into pigs. Um and Willow helps change the queen back into, I mean, sorry, the, the sorcerer back into a woman. Um, uh, the great uh, witch that, uh, you know, was turned into a creature. She's turned back to a human now. And she individually returns every person that was turned into a pig back into their original human form. And they come up with a device to go ahead and stop the evil queen by hiding and using courage willow courage and he beats the drum for battle and they they attack the castle they get it all done and willow and the great sorcerer goes ahead and starts to get everything you know starting they start their giant fight so basically just think of uh just think of Gandalf, uh, Gandalf the Grey. No, Gandalf, Gandalf, yeah, Gandalf the Grey, and uh, Sauron, and they're fighting, and they're fighting, fighting, fighting. But it's two women, so it's the OG, it's the OG Lord of the Rings fight. Just hold on one second. I'm gonna, you're gonna hear some typing in the background while I look up, you know, what the what what are certain. Uh, Queens. Oh, Ella Doran. That is uh, the baby. Uh, and then, yes, Mad Mott again. Uh, look, there's a lot of things going on in this movie. And just a small section of this was filmed in New Zealand. But the visual effect sequence when the queen was turned into the goat, into the giraffe, into the lion, into a woman was all done by ILM and it's amazing. It is beautiful technology and I highly suggest watching it for that sequence alone because it was amazing. I truly loved it. Uh, and then, um, oh, uh, uh, Brushtail Possum 
by Vo- by Vormira. So, uh, Raziel. Uh, so that is the queen. Uh, that is the sorcerer Raziel. So they go on this big old fight, and they have a really big fight. Um, and I was watching this with Patron, and at the end of the fight, uh, Willow tries to throw the acorns at the queen because he was told that the queens that the acorns were turning anything to stone. So he throws them, and the queen catches them, and her her hand is about to turn. It gets all the way, to, I guess, down to her, just past her wrist. And she reverts it back, and she goes, "Ah, no great sorcerer can stop me." Um, and so then, basically, yeah, you know, she get she she uses the the little the giant stick. You know, you know when you were a kid and you would find a good pointy stick to use as like a spell or a cast. That's what Willow essentially has is a giant stick that's kind of curved. Um, I like the curvature that it has around. It has many different curves, and I really like that. They added distinctual, not just a regular stick, but they actually had to go and create a stick that had curves on it. Um, and so then gets it uh, and is about to use it on the baby and gets struck by magic lightning. And I was like, Patron, what, what? He could stri- she gets struck by lightning, but everywhere else is wet. So, you know, Raziel and Willow and the daughter can't get, and Patron just goes, it's magic lightning. I go, okay, that makes sense. So the queen is defeated. Uh, Raziel gives the spell book to Willow, Mad Mardigan, uh, and Sorcer- uh, Sorsa is, is leave to take care of Eleonora. And Willow returns to his village and is honored among the people he is up there with the upper echelons of he is a great sorcerer he is a great sorcerer and of course that's the end of the movie so guys i know it's kind of short kind of sweet but look guys this movie is an amazing movie it is a movie that a lot of people care about there are books that are out there about that are based on Willow. If you really like Willow and really want to know more besides the movie and the television series that is on Disney Plus, I say go ahead and read the books. I've owned some of the books, but I believe I've lost them. They weren't original prints. They were probably like uh, fourth or fifth prints. Um, but no, I mean I've read, I've seen some of the artwork. I haven't read any of them. But from what I know, they're very intriguing, just like the movie was. So, guys, all we have to say is that rating system here on Cinema Gems, full gem, an amazing movie, half gem, an all right movie, no gem, a horrible movie. I, the admirable admiral, give Willow a full gem. And the illustrious but maestro? Willow is a fantastic movie all around. They got actual people of short stature to play little people in the movie instead of digitally de-heightening people uh the music is fantastic all throughout the story is simple and easy to follow but also there's enough there that keeps everything moving whole gem across the board and this actually really makes me anticipate uh watching the series and i hope the series lives up to the hype that the first one set up uh so yeah whole gem thank you but my show and of course guys it is a hard time going on right now 
it is a really hard time. So just remember to reflect in on yourself before you help anyone else. Remember that you cannot pour from an empty cup. It's okay to take time for yourself before you can help others. Understand that you alone cannot fight a battle. You need an army to fight a battle, but you need to take care of yourself. Become strength, become willing, become your inner willow in order to help and amazingly take down the giant queen that is evilness. Look, guys, it's a hard time going through right now. And we completely understand and we understand what's going on. Well, we, we try to understand what's going on, but not everyone can understand what's going on with you. And it's okay if you want to hide some things for people. It's all right if you want to do. But look, guys, look, it's okay for it to happen. Just remember that the people who care about you will always care about you. All right, guys. So thank you, Marty and the Eric and Zebra, for letting us use your website, lowrainpictures.com. Also, Kevin George, thank you for letting us use your music. And also, guys, just remember to wipe your hooves and see you later. But remember, black lives always matter, guys. Always. Bye. And just a little insert. Also, guys, I'm truly sorry that this is a very weird episode, but as I said, talking to the butt maestro, we can only go up from here besides what if the path cannot be found, guys. All I have to say is thank you so much for putting up with us just being strange, weird, and, and all-around inclusive for everyone. It really means a lot that we do this show for the listeners. It, I know it's kind of cheesy to say that, but we actually do period. No joke, guys. Thank y'all so much for listening. Thank y'all for being an amazing crowd. And just remember that black lives always matter. And also, guys, you're amazing people.